Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the podcast Too Beautiful to Live, or in the case of today's special episode, Ourselves. This is the twice-weekly podcast that sometimes does that. This is a Friday special edition of that podcast, and even though I just rambled, it's not getting edited out because it is late on Thursday night, and this is going to be a gently edited episode of LRB. Joining me for this very special Friday edition our first ever edition of the LRB Pop Culture Challenge in the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas. It's Mike the Gel Dude Frizzell. Good evening, Mike. Uh, good evening. And in Lincoln Park, Michigan, in the studios to be named later, it's Meredith the MVH Van Harn. Hi, Bobby. Hello. And in New Brighton, Minnesota, in the Stick of Butter Studios, it's Ann Lundholm. Good evening, Ann. Good evening, Bobby. All right, enough about that. Here's why we're here. There is no LRB business tonight other than to say, if you haven't been listening regularly, you may not yet be aware that we've launched a new segment called the LRB Pop Culture Challenge, wherein one member of our cast throws down the gauntlet and challenges another member of our cast to try something that we think they might like, even though they think they might hate it. That makes sense, right? It's basically a green eggs and ham situation. And the person being challenged can throw back a challenge just to keep things fair. Uh, who wants to remind us how this thing started? It started because I really wanted to make Mike watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That's how it started. <laughs> should be noted, it's not my Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That's a common mistake that I think maybe I've been making. Maybe Mike. Oh, I'm sure I've been saying it. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about that when we actually get to that episode, because there were mm-hmm. some good points in that through mm-hmm. your phone that we got. Yes, there were. Uh, and the trade-off is that you wanted Mike to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and Mike decided that you would need to watch an equal amount of time of the Super Bowl. It's actually Super Bowl, not the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to say Super Bowl without getting sued by the NFL? Ooh, good point. Uh, bring it, NFL. Uh, we would get more attention as a podcast than we've ever gotten before. <laughs> That's true. You know, you know, when I was doing a takedown, um, <clears throat> Matt sometimes worried, oh, uh, this music and these videos and stuff we're playing, are we going to... Yeah, Matt, I'm pretty sure if the Beastie Boys sued us, it would be the greatest thing that ever happened to us. Because <laughs> we have nothing and they have everything, so... It's going to work out in our favor. So to further explain, uh, this won't always become a battle of the sexes, but uh, somewhere along the way it was decided that since Meredith also hates football, she should also watch Super Bowl. And because I also didn't know what a crazy ex-girlfriend was, that's not true. I've had a few, but I didn't know <laughs> what the TV show Who Crazy Ex-Girlfriend doesn't was. doesn't know what a crazy ex-girlfriend is? We thought we'd go two on two for this one. And since the Super Bowl just happened last weekend, we're going to start with the Super Bowl pop culture challenge. Uh, And since this is your baby, do you want to explain what we're going to listen to and then what we're going to respond to? What are we going to listen to? We are going to listen to a 20 minute clip that contains 16 minutes of me and Meredith talking about things non-football related. (laughs) 
what we decided to do was after we faithfully watched every minute, more or less, of the Super Bowl, excuse me, Super Bowl, and took varying levels of notes, that Meredith and I would get together and talk about it, have kind of a, a candid discussion of our reactions, where we didn't have to uh, watch what we said or answer any uh, for any mm -hmm. of the crazy statements that we made uh, and did not have to get mansplained. We could just have <laughs> adequate time to to uh, put our feelings out there. And then we would let you guys listen to it and have a discussion of your reactions to it. Maybe answer some questions that we had. Kind of see how the whole thing went. See, you said you decided to do it that way so that you could talk without being mansplained too. I thought of it as a gift-wrapped opportunity to mansplain all at once by listening to your 20-minute clip and then to just work on my responses. Mm -hmm. So I guess what we should do now is play the clip that you and Meredith Ann recorded last night, mm -hmm. and then we'll come back and we'll express our reactions to it. Sounds good. Oh, good Lord, if we had done this whole thing and we forgot to hit record. Uh... This, like, I, I think I, who did I say this to? I've done more thinking about football for a lifetime. Uh-huh. Like, I've had enough in yep. just this week. Like, I don't need to do this again. That's enough. <laughs> I, Mike sort of seemed to be insisting that I would somehow pay attention to the Super Bowl anyway, because it was in my hometown. And then right. I was like, I do not care for one second what's happening with football. I nope. have never watched the halftime show. I have never watched the commercials. I've never watched one second of the game. Really? Is this your first time watching the Super Bowl? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so I've watched it mostly for commercials slash because I had a party slash, I don't know, cultural relevance. Like I needed to have something to talk about at the water cooler with my cats when I worked from home. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never have enjoyed it. <laughs> this is... The first time I've ever actually paid attention to a football game, yeah. much less watch the you whole had thing. To. Right. Well, in in service to Mike watching Crazy Ex Girlfriend, I think it's only yes. fair. So mm -hmm. here we are. Yes, <sighs> I I I did not half-ass this. I did this to the best of my ability, and I did pay attention and I took notes faithfully, which get shorter and shorter as the game goes on. It's just a lot of large men kind of shoving at each other yeah that's always been tell. my impression is they they run around for about three seconds everyone falls down and then they start over and i don't really <laughs> understand why now i paid as close of attention i think i did my best although my best isn't very good because it started at 6 30 eastern time i've been going to bed very early lately so by the end of it i may have fallen asleep mm. um and i may have not been paying attention for the first two touchdowns um, the first time a score went up on the board, I was like, well, how, how did that happen? <laughs> My roommates were like, oh, they kicked. And I was like, oh, really? Shit. Oh, so I okay. did a pretty bad job of paying attention. Well, I will say that I somehow have absorbed a lot of the basic, um, gameplay rules. Mm -hmm. Like I understand the downs, first down, second down, third down. I know that if you get to fourth down and you're not uh, whatever, fourth and short or something, then you got to punt because you don't want to chance the other team 
getting the ball where it is. You want to get mm-hmm. it as far down the field as possible. So sure. I know all that stuff. I know what a safety is, and I know what a sack is, and a fumble, and all that stuff. God knows how I learned all that stuff. I think you're ahead of me by leaps and bounds. <laughs> and and it's funny because like I think I have the capacity to understand football, and I understand hockey rules, and hockey rules can be very confusing. Um, and they're probably not that different from football, but I just so am so bored by football that I can't mm-hmm. make myself pay attention long enough to learn the rules. <laughs> well, and I can't figure it out because I love baseball. Right. And there are so many people who are like, baseball's so boring. But I don't know. I feel like something is almost always happening in baseball, even if... Really? Even if no, I feel like that's the one complaint against baseball is that it's like nothing happens for the majority of the time. <laughs> well, there is that. That's one way to look at it. But I mean, I, it's kinetic versus potential sure. energy, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much potential energy. Um, okay, now we're having a science discussion. Yep. Nope. <laughs> There's I'm so much you. potential energy in a baseball game that's followed by a very short burst of kinetic energy. And for football, I feel like it's kinetic energy but there's no potential anywhere i mean there's a few seconds while they're lining up but i i could be totally off base but i don't know but baseball is not played to a clock which is fine it takes as long as it takes Mm -hmm. and for football i'm like what why did the clock stop why i don't understand they should start the clock and then it goes and then it goes to zero and then we're done that was one of my first questions when I was trying to pay really close attention and I sent Mike a DM, but he was making Emily dinner. So he never responded or he didn't respond until much later. And I said, why are there two timers? Because there's a a regular timer for the quarter. And then there's like a 40 second timer. And he said something about like snaps and something ball, something, something, something. (laughs) Apparently like you have to do something before that timer goes up. Otherwise it's bad, bad. Like reason? a shot clock, a shot clock in basketball. Kind of, I think so. I think so. You gotta unload was... the ball at some point. You just can't sit around forever and hang I on to it. Guess so. <laughs> so that that was confusing to me too. But like the 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 timers in hockey are nice because like you know exactly how long the game's gonna be. It's not gonna go forever and ever and ever. I know. It's just how can a game that has four quarters that are fifteen minutes each last four hours? Each yeah, I know. Each quarter, you just have to expect less an hour. That's what I've uh, learned because they stop so much. Right. And every time they stop, they go to a commercial. So obviously nobody wants to change that rule. Well, no. And the commercials are kind of the funnest part for me. So maybe we should talk about that. Was okay. there a commercial that you really liked? Uh, yes. I thought all the commercials were dumb, even the Dirty Dancing one, except for the Tide commercials. And the Tide commercials I like because David Harbour is on my list. I think and we I don't are know in why. full agreement here because I love David Harbour, even though he's not my type. And I really did not like that Eli Manning commercial. I didn't yes. like the Dirty Dancing commercial. I thought he had the rhythm of a decapitated zombie. <laughs> like some people say that's why it was funny, but I just think it made him look foolish. I was embarrassed. Yeah. When I get embarrassed for the person in the commercial or the movie or the TV show or whatever, I think that's a bad sign. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, stop. Yeah, why are you dancing? Ugh. And and the David Harbour thing, isn't that just a mystery? Oh, Like, the very first scene he was in on Stranger Things, when he was waking up in the morning, and he was massively hungover, Ugh. and he lights a cigarette, 
and like get some hair of the dog and he's putting his shirt on and his belly's hanging out. And I was like, hmm, that works for me. <laughs> he's know. so unappealing in so many ways, but he grow I think because he grows on you throughout the season of Stranger Things. Let's just talk about Stranger Things for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but he becomes like this father figure to her and mm-hmm. he becomes so endearing. And he's so sweet to her and he just he's hard on her because he loves her. Um, you know, I, but he's also handsome and in those ads were so clever. Um, they talked about it on TBTL the first day back from their anniversary, um, about how clever it was that they, they tied the tide ads through the whole Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. they had the announcers doing it. There were several small vignettes throughout the whole, um, show. So I, I, I just was kind of delighted by those and delighted by him. And, and in, in certain light, he's extremely handsome to me and I don't know why. I don't, it's just weird. And I'm not particularly into men with beards and yet men with Cro-Magnon brow lines. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Me neither. Mm, I think we're going to have to do some sort of scientific study. I think you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So from commercials to halftime show. Oh my God. What did you think about Justin Timberlake? Oh, Justin Timberlake, he is the coolest. Oh, oh my god, so hot! With that bandana tied around his neck. <laughs> what was with the outfit? Whoa, his clothes were ridiculous. Honestly, honestly, I don't have anything against Justin Timberlake. Um, the whole thing with uh, Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl in whatever it was, two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. I think that was pretty deplorable. Yes. how he kind of uh, skated on the criticism for that. I mean, how old was he? Twenty two or something yeah. at that time. I mean, it's pretty understandable that when you're that age, you just want to like not be the one to get into trouble. You do what so, you're told. Yeah. Right. It was a shame that he didn't step up to take his part of the blame for that, but I understand why he didn't. So I I don't hold that against him as much as I do against society and the FCC and the NFL and all Can the Can we blame who... Roger Goodell for that? Oh, let's. Absolutely. Because I'd, I'd like to do to. that. I think he can take it. <laughs> so um, what I'm trying to say with this is that I don't really have any animus against Justin Timberlake. I think he's talented uh, as a singer and musician and a dancer, I guess, as a performer in general. But I was very yeah. underwhelmed by this halftime show. He got to the end and I was like, wait, that was it? Isn't there, isn't there more? I just yeah I felt I the same know. way I was waiting for a finale that never mm-hmm. occurred um and there were a few things that felt creepy that the yeah I mean the Janet Jackson thing I I've always felt pretty icky about that um I don't understand why she had to take mm-hmm. all of the blame for that mm-hmm. he's the one who did it um even if she was involved um she got the majority of the of the shit for it but then the the prince thing how did, how did you feel about that as a Minnesotan I don't know. I didn't know about this supposed beef between the two of them. I assume if there was any any beef, it was entirely one-sided because Prince would never stoop so low as to get into a fight with anybody. Well, he did say when Sexy Vat came out, like, Sexy's always been here. We right. didn't bring it back. Like, I think that's, that's a great line. Involved. <laughs> and I do, too. Like, I'm on Prince's side here. I'm not anti- Justin Timberlake um he's he's very wholesome and adorable and mm-hmm. um you know he I was a little irritated that he played the song from Trolls 2 <laughs> It's like really 
<laughs> that was in his montage. <laughs> he has some good songs, and that is a ridiculous one for children. But I guess this is the Super Bowl, and it has to be all ages. Um, now, the other thing about his halftime show that I have to bring up if I'm talking about children is that child that he went and stood by. Oh, no, that poor kid. Whoa, he so didn't know the words. He was trying to sing. He was trying to lip sync. And he was like, I don't know this song. I don't know this. And there's like a meme going around where the kid is Googling who is Justin Timberlake. (laughs) And I just love that so much. He's like, because Justin Timberlake is like probably my age, right? And the kid is, is, I don't know, 14. Yeah. You know, he's, he's 20 years too young for this. Yeah, I think they needed to abandon that shot pretty quickly and maybe move on oh they they hung on it for so long that was embarrassing yeah but i mean it it was all right he's a good performer and he put on a good show but i don't think there was actually a lot of singing in there because you could tell that a lot of it was a pre-recorded track and he just seemed to do the "Uh uh-huh yeah right minneapolis i hated the way he said minneapolis minneapolis i know it was weird he is a good dancer though and i was i was trying to focus on that like the dancing Mm -hmm. was pretty impressive and his backup dancers were awesome (laughs) they were really fun to watch i mean if you like lasers that's a great show sure (laughs) um do we have to talk about football (sighs) i guess i guess Let's start with the most important questions then. Sure. Um, which uniform did you like the best? Oh, well, green's my favorite color. Oh, um, and really? I, I, I didn't mention that during the recap, but that was the primary reason I was rooting for the Eagles. Oh, as to, opposed to my reason, because there was a block of cream cheese in the <laughs> fridge. Hey, that is just as good as I like green better than whatever the Patriots are. Silver? What are they? Who I knows? don't know. And white. red and blue. New England, they're white. white. Yeah. yeah. The colors of the good guys. Sure. I don't like their logo either. That weird Patriot head thing. With no. The hat. And that's, that was weird. No, I was really gratified that the Eagles won. I was really happy about that. I didn't care one way or the other. <laughs> I just felt like I, I chose a winner because I, I called it ahead of time. But just because Tom Brady lost this one Super Bowl, does that mean that he's not a winner? I mean, because he's very handsome and he has won a lot of Super Bowls up to this point. Is he handsome, though? I don't know everybody says he is. But do you think he is? Uh, Yeah, that's how I feel, too. His wife's gorgeous, though. Well, yes. She's a supermodel. And she and her children were crying afterwards. And I don't feel good about that. Uh, no. I think there was some blowback going around the internet because she said something to the effect of that she told the kids um, everybody else should be able to win something too. Or she said we should let other people we win. We should let things. other people win. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are like, what do you mean let? And I, give I them a to, chance. I, I tend to give her a pass on that because let's remember English is not her first language, no matter True. how long she's lived here. And she was also sort of saying something off the cuff in a bad time. So I don't know. I don't have anything against them because I don't care about deflate gate. I mean, I have a million questions I could ask about that that would probably make Mike really angry. So I'll I'll just <laughs> leave those, but well, you did make a point in your notes about that. And and maybe we should talk about that for a second. Oh, about um where did I make that? Oh, I, yes. 
I don't understand why a team can't inflate their balls. <laughs> uh-huh. As much or as little as they want. But doesn't the other team have to handle the balls? Is that why? Well, <laughs> um, yeah, but see, so Christy was saying it's akin to baseball when you cork or tar a bat, but I don't think so because the corked bat gets handled only by the player, the one player who has mm-hmm. corked it and wants to cheat. But once that football goes on the field, anybody can touch it. Right. I think that each team should be able to inflate or deflate their balls to whatever makes them happy and feels good when they touch them. (laughs) I love this. Well, okay, but then we'd have to... So each team would have to inflate or deflate their balls to their um, desired level. And then we would have to make sure that an equal distribution of each team's balls got on the field. To make it even. Otherwise, you know, like if one team liked their balls really. <laughs> really inflated. And it didn't work well for the other team. Like you would have to make sure that um, that advantage wasn't unfair. I would say whoever has possession of the ball gets to, gets choose. to choose. Yeah. If you hmm. want to take it out flat as a pancake. I mean, bring a Frisbee for all I care. Okay. Just, I would say once the game starts, maybe you're not allowed to change it. Okay. For every possession or whatever, but hell, as long as everybody knows. Now, I I do understand that because it's not allowed and because he did it in secret, deflated his balls in secret, which is as far as I'm (laughs) concerned where this should be done. Yeah. (laughs) Because he didn't tell anybody and he lied about it that that's a bad, bad thing. But I care so little about football that I'm like, who... Who really gives a crap? I mean, everybody except um, me. I think gives a lot a crap, of people. But... Yeah, <laughs> right. That's the answer to that question. <laughs> okay, we should talk about the game a little bit. Like, I don't yes. know from good football, but everybody is saying this was a really, really, really good game. And um, I would like to mention a couple of my favorite. Um, my favorite part was probably when the one guy was jumping and he teabagged the other guy (laughs) that was awesome i watched that over and over and over and over yes that was pretty good if he could only have jumped just a little higher then everything he would have leapfrogged him perfectly that was an amazing jump like that other guy was probably like six feet tall i can't Mm -hmm. jump that high Mm -mm. that was incredible athleticism Yes, I will say one thing that I was genuinely impressed with when all the large men, you know, stopped shoving at each other and somebody actually broke away and started running, that I was very impressed with the athleticism of a lot of the players, um, the way that they moved and the grace that they had, I thought was very good. There was that one touchdown where the uh, Zach, why do I know his first name? Zach Ertz Mm -hmm. uh, had the ball and dove across the finish line essentially that was a really sweet move it was and you you gotta admit that um alshon jeffries had some really Mm -hmm. good receptions oh he did i thought he was very impressive for 
for the whole game, especially in the beginning, it seemed to me that the Eagles came out very strong and that the Patriots didn't have a lot that they could answer with. It seemed like the pace of the game was really fast. And they really effectively sidelined Gronkowski for basically the entire first half, which I was not expecting. Well, and it's fascinating because the Patriots are so good at adjusting at halftime and then like totally changing their strategy for the second half and coming back. And they really did that. Yeah, it seemed like the very first adjustment they made was to free up Gronkowski. And he, I think he made more catches in the, that first drive in the second half than he made for the entire first half of the game. Yeah, but then the Eagles were totally just like grinding on the Patriots defense, keeping them on the field. Um, and that, I think that's really that really made all the difference. Yeah, and, and I confess that I don't really know what the the result of that or what's the best outcome of that keeping the Patriots on the field is it because it weakens and um softens their defense or is it just keeping Brady off the field that really is the plus for that well he did have some issues getting out of the pocket a few times you know Uh, yeah he barely made it out I think with seconds or even part of a second to spare otherwise he could have had some real penalties called on him well that sack fumble could have been the whole difference in the game Yeah, that really, it it could have changed everything. But I don't know, you could look at these two quarterbacks and think they're overmatched with Brady, the uh, Hall of Fame, one of the greatest quarterbacks who's ever lived. And even the haters have to acknowledge that. And then you look at Nick Foles, who is this backup who's never really amounted to much in his career. And he was just absolutely playing at nosebleed levels the whole game, just compared to his normal performance. Yeah, I agree. It was amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. And what the heck was up with that one guy's cut-off sleeves on his sweatshirt? <laughs> I One of my better observations that I think that I made when we were kind of chatting back and forth that night was that I'm really confused because it seems like in basketball, the coaches all wear suits. In baseball, the coaches all wear the uniforms. And in football, the coaches all wear loungewear like they just put their sweats and their hoodies on and come on out to the game it was so confounding because he cut the sleeves off that sweatshirt and then he wore a long sleeve shirt underneath it he's bringing sexy back maybe he is (laughs) oh i wonder if he washed that sweatshirt in tide oh see now now i'm starting to buy into this idea Mm -hmm. to get those frayed edges you got to wash it a few times in tide (laughs) gross i just don't understand why (laughs) men who make so much money cannot invest in you know a pair of corduroys or a tie or something ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) i think that's pretty good don't you i do too okay I have to admit that I was simmering uh, from the top of this because while overall the ladies ended up redeeming themselves, <laughs> there, there was a lot of smugness at the top of, of their analysis. Like In what way? Uh, and you just br- seemingly bragging about never having watched a minute of the super bowl of any it wasn't super a brag bowl it was a statement of it fact it sounded like a brag it sounded like a brag it read it like a to... brag bobby do you agree with me 
you know, the thing that struck me about that is that, and despite having never apparently watched a game of football ever, uh, just through osmosis, I guess, mm-hmm. you understand the game significantly better than Meredith does. And I've watched mm-hmm. many Super Bowls, and I've never absorbed any mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> Are you suggesting, Bobby, that Anne might be mm, lying? <laughs> scandalous i think that perhaps Anne doesn't realize how much football she has taken in and and you know in a community like the twin cities you know it's a it's very much a football city there are some cities that have teams and don't really give a shit about their team yeah tampa Uh, bay jacksonville sorry lauren Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh but then there are cities that revolve around their sports teams and i i think that you know the minneapolis st paul areas I mean, let's be honest. It's much like Buffalo. About eight to ten months out of the year, you don't have a lot to live for, and that's yeah. right when football comes into play. <laughs> so you let it consume you. And um, despite Anne's active resistance, I think subconsciously it's always been there for her. Maybe she hasn't watched any Super Bowl, but she's clearly watched some football. Well, Mike, as a Vikings fan, I have never you know. watched any football. I'm not lying. I'm not lying because I'm a terrible liar. You would know if I was lying (laughs) because I can't do it for shit. (laughs) Then I have to give it to you because you're a savant. You've picked up on a lot of nuances that most callers to sports radio will never grasp. That's very true. Yeah, you're more than ready to get yelled at by a middle-aged white guy on an AM radio station. Right. Well, I guess I've spent my whole life preparing for that then. I don't know. So I had a flag football unit in junior high gym, and I watched the sports on the news. That's it. So I, I take back my initial outrage at the smugness. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did note that that Meredith happens to be on Emily's sleep schedule, in that she's very comfortable in going to bed at seven thirty mm-hmm. and waking up at uh, four thirty or five. So this this had to be a tough go for someone in the Eastern time zone. It was tough. Um, and as I mentioned, I did fall asleep during some of it. Um, but I, I really did try my best. It was just I've been waking up very early. So I, 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 I tried. Yeah, I wanted to point something out that I thought was really interesting. Both of the ladies here are passionate about or at least appreciate other sports that I think on paper are both more complicated than football. Mm-hmm. Uh, hockey for Meredith and baseball for Anne. I mean, none of these games are super complex when you start to piece them apart, but baseball and hockey both have a certain level of nuance that I don't think football has. Football has passing plays or running plays. Beyond that, you know, some special teams work. Uh, but, you know, Madden manages to break this down into just a handful of categories. I've always been a little bit shaky on the hockey rules, even though I played a lot of uh, floor hockey. So I'm impressed with Meredith's grasp of that baseball. Um, yeah, there is a lot of layers to baseball. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of rules. And then there's a lot of gentlemanly unwritten rules that are <laughs> right. bullshit, but still a part of baseball. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And I've been to a baseball game with Anne, So I know she knows what she's talking about when it comes to baseball. I I just I guess I need Anne to explain again your affinity for the 
potential of kinetic energy versus the <laughs> continual uh, exertion of that kinetic energy, which happens in football. <laughs> let me let me interject with a direct quote from Anne from the clip. Quote, something is almost always happening in baseball. <laughs> almost always happening, right. There's and I say that almost. as a baseball fan, I love baseball. <laughs> well, because I, I don't know, because there's a lot of tension in baseball. Because there's no clock, we're always moving forward, whether or not it's just the batter adjusting his cup while the pitcher scuffs at the dirt. I don't know. It's buildup. It's foreplay. It's foreplay to mm-hmm. what is actually going to happen. That's the potential energy when the pendulum on the clock is pulled to the top of the arc and you know it's going to swing. It's coiled yeah. and then it actually does swing and that's when the batter hits the ball or whatever. I just don't find that sense of coiled tension in football so much. Mm-hmm. I I think I always enjoyed uh I I love baseball more than I love any other sport. I loved playing basketball more than playing any other sport, but the reason is in basketball things are always happening so I didn't have time to think. Mm-hmm. And I'm a thinker. And you don't want to be a thinker when you're playing baseball because there's too much time to think. Oh, yeah. You get the yips. <laughs> you're done. Yeah. Yeah. There's too much time to think. When you're playing basketball, it's just react, 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 react. And when you're playing baseball, it's like, what am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if that happens? Oh, what about the wind? What about the, you know, this guy has a, this curveball, you know? It's too much. So I hear you on that. As as a as a fan, yeah, I love baseball because I just you know, there's so much. It's dense, you know. I want to follow up on Anne's point about the clock because you mentioned Anne that the clock should just never stop, which would be like yes, soccer. Yes. Please. Except for, <laughs> you know, the extra time that they just randomly tack onto the end of soccer. Um you know, the thing is the dance of football keeps going between the game clocks, which actually makes it a little bit more like baseball because even though it's, there's not a clock running, there is strategy, whether a team is going into the huddle or rushing up to the line to call a pre-planned play or trying to bleed clock. So they're not walking right back up. Mm -hmm. Um, You got close to how the, you know, alleged shot clock works, the play clock, the 40 yeah. second or the 25 yeah. second play clock. You, yeah, you basically got it so that teams can't sit on the ball. You you worked that out even though Mike wasn't available to answer your question, which, by the way, you could have also messaged me. I should have been available for that. Well, I declared my availability and then it just dissolved into life. So <laughs> I also didn't want to bother you guys. I was trying to let you enjoy <laughs> it without my dumb questions. Uh, we spent most of our time, because I watched the game in the new apartment, uh, not pissing off our new landlord by going crazy at the end of the game. <laughs> yes. I know you had to be happy. Because <laughs> it was a real nail-biter there. And, and let's talk about that, guys. This was a particularly exciting game of football. Meredith, Ann, did you feel the tension and the excitement? No. Um <laughs> I heard that from multiple people, and I was surprised because I thought it was pretty boring. It came down to the final drive. 
and with the Patriots' reputation of pulling it out at the end. Uh, Sounds like my last really... date. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was really, you know, something, because any team that's been up on the Patriots by one or two scores has gone into the end of the game realizing they will probably still lose. I mean, I get, yeah. I get that, and I get why it was interesting, but I just it wasn't enough to keep me awake. Um, I almost fell asleep at, again at the last... The, you know, the last quarter. All right, then. I think I was pretty entertained. But mm-hmm. I I think that was for two reasons. Uh, number one is that I was chatting with all of you guys. And I felt like it was pretty fun because nobody really was invested other mm-hmm. than Tom Brady losing. I think if the Seahawks had been in the Super Bowl... It would have been very unfun because all y'alls would have been so serious about it. It would have been like watching football with Luke where nobody's allowed to talk. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But as it was, we were sort of free to screw around and make jokes and have a good time. And I liked that a lot. And then the second reason that I was entertained is because I had snacks. And that made me really happy. That is an integral part of the experience, especially for a big event game like the Super Bowl. Uh, we wouldn't deny you that. Although I do take some, uh, I, I'm a little annoyed that you think it was such a, a casual thing. I mean, I have I'm halfway through my assigned portion of Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and I have taken studious notes. I have been watching alone. I have not been interrupting it with conversation. I'm taking this very seriously, and I don't think you did. I took it very seriously. I don't know. You're talking about how great it was to have all these distractions. Meredith fell asleep. (laughs) I said I tried my best. (laughs) I can't go back and change the past. I was like, I'll watch it later. And my roommates were like, you can't. Like it's not on DVR not without the, or streaming or something. Not like, without the expressed written consent of the NFL. <sighs> yeah, I of course you could buy the DVD. Notes. I took lots of notes. Bobby. I took notes too. That's true. I was I impressed. Lots of names of people that I didn't know. I listened. I was impressed to that you guys pulled out those names. Stu- oh, there was one that I forgot to mention that I wanted to talk about. Uh, specifically that I, I we just skipped over it in, in the notes. I did want to compliment the nice runs from LeGarrette Blount, um, who I understand is the pride of Oregon. Actually, it's pronounced Blunt, and he uh, unironically has been suspended at one time for being high. With <laughs> yeah. a name like that. Unlike yeah. Blount, which is a local chowder company in New England, of course it is. Which would get you suspended for getting fat. Well, I heard that he was a quality stand-up guy, so I wanted to make sure that I mentioned him. Uh, he went to the University of Oregon, so I'm going to dispute any oh, but they're, hint they're that great. he might be a stand-up uh, individual. <laughs> they're a great school, though, right? Uh, Good it's program? The best, it's the best uh, university in Eugene, hmm. by far. <laughs> Now, did you catch the storyline with LeGarrette Blunt? What? There's what storyline? Story, there's a storyline with LeGarrette Blunt. He played for the Patriots before he went to the Eagles. Yes, and he won the Super Bowl last year with the Patriots. Right, and, then and the Patriots the wanted Eagles. to 
wanted to keep him, but didn't want to pay him as much. And they wanted him to sort of be in a committee of quarterbacks, or rather, now I sound like the idiot because I'm tired, of running backs <laughs> because they have several and they just sort of rotate through them. And he basically said, no, fuck you, I'm going to go be a star in Philly. And he turned around and beat his old team. And then after his last uh, piss test, probably about week 13, he just got high as fuck and said, let's go <laughs> beat these motherfuckers. Yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, I was impressed. Those those last couple of minutes of your clip, you really actually, you pulled out some some names. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you, had, you had Jeffries in there, too. You made a good point. Uh, you know, the star receiver for the Eagles, just being bigger and taller than everybody else and making some catches. Uh, you you well addressed uh, shutting down Gronkowski, at least in the first half. That was good. Uh, Mike, what else did you think of their actual couple of minutes of actual commentary on the game? I was really impressed. I mean, I thought they were, at first I thought they were doing it tongue in cheek, like they were reading someone else's analysis, but eventually I bought it and I was like, yeah. wow, they, they know what they're, they know what they're doing here. Um, and then, and then they just couldn't help themselves. They had to talk about deflate gate and there was lots and lots of giggling about ball handling. I couldn't help it. It still is making me laugh right now. <laughs> but you know, y'all, y'all know my affinity for yambag talk. So, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't offended at all by this discussion. I like that Meredith's favorite moment was the jumping tea bag. Definitely. <laughs> you know, the the thing about that is um all those sports I've played in my life, uh whenever a cup was appropriate, mostly baseball, I wore it. But a lot of guys don't wear them and surprisingly a ton of football players don't wear cups. So when when guys go for this hurdle move, I'm always thinking Wow, if this this could go really south on you, yep. you know, even if you make the first down, if they just clip your yam bag a little bit, you may not be breathing for a while. You might be puking on the field. So I I'm always anti hurdling. I I um, located that clip on YouTube and watched it about forty times before the NFL took it down. <laughs> Forget the clip. Uh, forget the cup, rather. I want a full cod piece. If you want me to be jumping like that. Right. It was an amazing jump. I mean, just that athleticism alone was incredible. Yeah. It was, and but I'm so glad it was unsuccessful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, Anne, I was impressed that you, I'd like to think maybe we're even won over just a little bit, I think in your words, graceful the gracefulness of the players and some of the plays despite their size even the linemen these guys are pretty agile it's really a key to the success of the players in this game you don't make it in the nfl if you're not agile i i wouldn't give me that much credit i I, the running backs are very easy to appreciate i think but as we were saying just big men shoving at each other for three seconds and then everybody falls down. I think I believe what you said Meredith large said. men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Large men. I, that part I can't, cause I can't see what's going on. I can't tell what everybody's jobs are. So it really does just look like bodies against bodies. You know what it is though? It's like 
seven sumo wrestlers lined up against seven sumo wrestlers. And they're both, you know, these guys are lined up usually one-on-one unless there's an intentional mismatch. And they're sizing up the other guy and trying to figure out if they're going to go left or right or try to cut right. You know, cut one way and then spin the other. You know, they're all trying to get past one another or hold one another without holding one another to the point of being a penalty. Uh, So if you start to watch the matchups, you can get a lot more into it. The cameras don't help because when you're watching a football game on TV, they're really, uh, you know, following the ball and ignoring everybody else. Mm -hmm. Well, I when you don't know who the players are what their functions are, what a typical play looks like, or what all the different plays are. It's really hard to make heads or tails of any of it, frankly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. You should play Madden. I think that's the easiest tutorial on the play, (laughs) the play calling. It really is. I mean, you start to pick things up really quickly. Yo, that would be interesting. (laughs) Well, my concession to understanding sports recently has been um i i watch uh when i get a chance i watch the tail end of the dan patrick show after my morning chores are done i will turn on the nbc sports network and watch like the last hour half hour of the dan patrick show and recently um there was you know there nbc sports network doesn't they're not top of the line so they don't have a lot of the marquee sports so recently there was an Australian cricket league uh game on right after the show. So I I I thought let me try to tune this in and kind of understand what's going on. And I kind of did start to understand how you scored points, but none of the statistics or the language or anything made sense to me at all. So my commitment was Anytime I see cricket, I'm going to try to leave it on and figure it out. And I kind of felt your pain a little bit. Like the (laughs) athleticism is there. I see kind of who's winning, but I don't understand the scoring. I don't understand the clock. I don't understand the innings and what's going on there. So kudos to you. As Emily would say, there was a guy – from India who used to work with her at IBM and he would say kudats kudats to you (laughs) for giving this your best effort um but let's move on to the fashion and the fashion being Bill Belichick's hoodie (laughs) good lord that thing was incredible uh did you did you think um that his sleeves were tailored or were they just cut off like they used to be? Cause it used to be very flash dancy. It you looked pretty orderly. The... Like you can buy sweatshirts that look like yeah. that now. Um, it looked really uh-huh. um, neat and tidy. So either he had it professionally done or he bought it that way. Cause Bobby, uh, you would agree with me. It used to be like very Jennifer Beals, very, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, took it was the definitely... fabric scissors or the pinking shears or whatever whatever scissors you want to pay way too much for that can't open a can of ground beef. <laughs> yes, uh, there was a time when it looked like he was making jorts for his arms <laughs> on a hot summer Arm day. Jorts. That's amazing. 
I like that. Wait, so this wasn't a one-time deal? This is his regular no, uniform? That's his this look. Is, this is his look. If you just Google... that would say, that's his steez. <laughs> just Google a Belichick hoodie, and you'll find dozens. And not even always hoodies. Sometimes it's a sweatshirt with the sleeves cut even higher. Yeah, yeah. And yet the long sleeve t-shirt under it. Nobody thinks this is good. Oh, I see. Well, it's it's a very like, it's a late 70s, early 80s look, which is probably when he was at his prime, (laughs) right? Just remembered fashion. But in like 75% of these pictures, his forearms are cold and he's put them in his pockets or he's crossed his arms. Because his forearms need more warmth than they're getting. This seems like a really impractical decision. So it's a purely fashion one. Girl on a Saturday night. Yes. Uh, th- there's no justifying this. You you were absolutely right to criticize it. There's no justifying it. We all agree that that's terrible. Okay, no, so it is, is justifiable. This... <laughs> oh really? Go ahead, Anne. Yeah, is I'm going to this... make a case, but go ahead. Is this typical of all football coaches? Are they all slobs? Or is he a special no. case? No. no. Some of them are slobs in different ways. We have often yeah. discussed the Jim Harbaugh Walmart khakis. Uh, <laughs> right. But he is no longer an NFL coach, so we don't need to discuss Jim that Harbaugh, here. according to Luke, um, was went to Purdue, uh, according to today's TBTL. <laughs> Which hey, is uh, not true at all. Nice work Michigan. making it about TBTL, though. <laughs> yeah. We, hey, finally. <laughs> finally. Are we going to stay on fashion for a minute? Because I actually think we can transition into another fashion comment here. Well, I want to finish up on this. Um, I don't know if Emily saw... the hoodie before she did this, but uh, she's been wearing my hoodies and Cullen's hoodies because her office is outside the house. So she has to dress warmly to go to and from, and she's been wearing those things and she's been enjoying them because there's a pocket and she can put her keys in there and can safely transport a little container of M&Ms in there um, so she's been anticipating the summer. So she has ordered herself some hoodies with short sleeves. Hmm. So Emily is going full Belichick this summer. And, and, uh, she didn't seem too amused when I told her that uh, when she showed, showed them off, she, she got these hoodies and she showed them to me. I said, well, I'm, I'm sure this is all the talk in Paris and Milan. This season, <laughs> she's still gonna wear them though. Oh, they're cute. They're fine yeah. because the ones that I'm looking at are all cute because they're intended to be short sleeve yeah. hoodies. It's not a right. hack job that you've done and then oh, put other sleeves underneath yeah. them. Yeah, and I will say that college basketball coaches are uh, now a few of them are paving the way in in that they're just wearing kind of um loungewear you know in their team colors rather than trying to dress like the players or wear a suit or you know just try to stay within the range of what your players are wearing but nothing embarrassing that's 
kind of how I would say to do it. Yeah. You're not going to get called into the game, so you don't need to be in full <laughs> uniform. And you don't need to wear a suit because it's not a fucking funeral. <laughs> so, right. Right in between there. Well, I guarantee nowadays, Belichick's not cutting the sleeves off his own hoodies. The no. team uniform staff. His is... wife would kill him. <laughs> Yeah, for, if he dared use the ground beef scissors for that. Oh, my ooh. God. What did you do, Bill? <laughs> I guarantee that the same person who handles the uniforms is cutting and mending the hoodies for him. Yeah. And, in fact, I haven't been to the Patriots Pro Shop in a long time, but I'm sure that they sell hoodies cut off at the arm and sewn uh, just if you oh, want sure. that look. Well, for God's yeah, sake, in, in prison we had a guy – who, you know, you bought some sweats on the commissary and then you gave them to the guy and gave him four or five bucks and he would cut them off and, and hem them up for you. And now you have shorts. I still have a pair of those with my initials permanently inked into the thigh so that they couldn't be stolen from the washing machine and worn by someone else. Well, yeah, because you've put an investment in that at that point. Yes, I've, I have. I'm four bucks in. <laughs> Um, can we just transition on fashion to a conversation that had very little to do with football, but because we were all, I think, so impressed with the Tide commercials. Um, oh, I just commercials, want, yeah. I, I, I just want to confirm that David Harbour has a look that's working for at least one of you. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say both, both of us, charismatic. I think. <laughs> he, is, he is definitely charismatic. And you said he's on your list? He's on my list. I wish I could keep watching Stranger Things, but my only New Year's resolution was I'm not going to watch one more second of anything with Winona Ryder <laughs> in it the rest of my life. Oh, that's too bad. You're missing out. Well, now you can watch the Tide ads. Yeah, I did watch the Tide ads. I like the Tide ads, and I'm surprised that y'all didn't uh, enjoy the, the Dirty Dancing ad because the joke is... Eli is clumsy and oafish. Yeah, I don't. That's I, I know joke. that, but I just didn't think it was. I didn't think it was funny. But I think Ann and I are maybe the only two people on Earth who didn't like that commercial. They showed it in the mm-hmm. stadium, and and Eagles fans who hate the New York Giants and hate Eli Manning gave it a standing ovation. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's how good that ad was. But my favorite ad from the Super Bowl was the Keegan-Michael Key Rocket Mortgage ad. And if you haven't seen that or reviewed that, that's a killer ad. That was good. That I was also enjoyed Peter Dinklage um, doing Buster Yeah, that Rimes. was pretty good. Nah. I don't yeah. like overly produced ads like that is normally, but, but the, you know, I he mean. He did such a good job. On, they that really I nailed it. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah. Guys, this is a conference. This is a podcast about TBTL, not commercials. Let's not <laughs> oh, right. make that mistake. <laughs> uh, I will just one final note for me, and that is that at one point, after talking about how ridiculous and mediocre the halftime show was, and I agree, that you suggested, ladies, that we could just blame Roger Goodell for that. Mm-hmm. And I want to note that in general, in the NFL, Blaming Roger Goodell is the right choice. Yeah. So you made the well right done. call there. Wow. So we really yeah. got a lot right about this, more than I thought we would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We very much did. 
I have I have sort of a uh, hot take on uh, on the halftime show, and that is, you know, so many years ago they did the they did the stupid uh, nipple thing, um, and uh, the perception is that JT Lake got by and Janet Jackson was punished and now he's back. And well, the thing is he's talented and he has a lot to offer. She was never very talented and didn't have a lot to offer. So it was very easy for her to be dismissed. Mm, that is a hot take. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of Janet fans out there that would disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, happen I'm to not think one of them. <laughs> I happen to think he's super talented, and when you're when you are, it's easier to make your way back from a huge mistake. He, and when I you're think not, they're both talented. I think difficult. she has a. I'm not a huge fan of hers, but I think she has a beautiful voice. She she hmm. looks like a monster, I, but she's a Jackson. Yeah, I think she got <laughs> right. a big she got a big boost by being a, a Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think that helped her a lot, but I don't think that she yeah. is without talent. Yeah. I think I don't know. I haven't going really to rise listened to enough. the top and stay at the top, depend dependent on his own merits, and it's unclear to me whether she would have risen to the top or stayed at the top based on her innate talent. Fair That's enough. A good point. Mm-hmm. My main takeaway is it's a good thing that it wasn't inverted, or else he might have said something he'd regret for the rest of his life. <laughs> Mike. That's hurtful, Bobby. That's that's hurtful. He right, rips I, the thing open and says, "What's wrong with your tit?" <laughs> or tit? I guess he was just tit. one. Yeah, yeah it's just one. <laughs> uh, we Ouch. didn't put this on the run sheet, but I think we should probably have a couple of overarching questions, right? So, uh, Anna Meredith, my first question for you is: Did you enjoy this experience? More oh, yeah. than you? No, no, no. We're not. It's not a yes or no. It is a yes or no, but it's it's a, a relative scale question. Did you enjoy this experience more than you thought you would when you were challenged, Meredith? I did. I was dreading it. Um, I knew it was going to be late, and I knew it was going to be boring football. But um, again, late. According to Emily's schedule right. and your new schedule. <laughs> right. And I'm also on the Eastern time zone. It started at 6.30. Yeah, you know, that's true. It's a couple hours before bedtime. Stay up till 10.30. Yeah, that was, it was rough. Um, I I made, you know, I, yeah, I was focusing on the, the ancillary things as well, like the food and the chatting, but that kept it interesting to me. And I knew I was going to have to do that. So I had a really good time planning out my menu and having my snacks and, and all that stuff. So, so it really, the whole package as a day, it was a really fun day. So yes, it was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. That's good. And I completely agree with what Meredith said. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And I think if it had been two quarters in the halftime show I might actually have enjoyed it for its own self Mm -hmm. Uh, when Mm -hmm. it started again after the halftime show I was like oh god I got another two hours of this (laughs) but um, it actually went by pretty fast 
and I would watch again. Nice. Meredith, would you watch again? Um, Just alone, if you had to. Oh, not alone. I'm not crazy. Okay. Just sitting there watching you, a game? No, probably not. Would you accept an invitation from someone to go somewhere and watch it as a in a group? Sure. Yes. Okay. And I would watch it live as well. I mean, I'm not saying that I would waste a Super Bowl ticket on me, but like going to a live game is so different than watching it on TV, and I would go to almost any live sporting event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good energy. Yeah. Though. Live sporting yeah. events are great. Well, that was actually my second question was, would you choose to do it again? So you beat us to it. But I think those are the two questions that every time we do this challenge and we can refine those when we're not recording late on deadline. But, uh, you know, I think those are good gauges for whether or not the challenge was a success. So I'm glad that you tried a few hours of life through our eyes a little bit. And uh, Meredith, I'm glad that you had bacon wrapped everything to help get you through it. (laughs) It really helped. (laughs) Although it might have made you a little (laughs) logy. Maybe, but it was worth it. Uh, Mike, why don't you do a little housekeeping? Housekeeping! Buy all your stuff through us. Um, Coming soon. Hoodies through us with the or from cut us. off. Yes. Oh, yeah. For the summer. Coming this summer. So you can tote your M&Ms and your keys. Uh, you, can, you can buy that stuff from us. But no, seriously, our merch is great. I'm wearing some now. It's amazing, and it's high-quality stuff. Uh, if you want to help with the archives, get in touch with the One-Armed Bandit. Um, that would be Christy, who's recovering. She would love to hear from you because she doesn't have much to do these days. She's learning what it's like to be um, someone without a limb, and I can totally sympathize <laughs> with that. Not quite uh, the same, I would say. Sorry, empathize. With that, well, I've had her surgery before Thank too, you. so so I've been, I've been one armed as well at uh, at a certain point in my life. Before I moved to Austin, I did have the same surgery that she had, along with a few other things that happened had to go on in my shoulder. So, um, archiving would be great, and you could really lift her spirits by taking a week or two off her hands. You can buy stuff. From Amazon and Make Us Rich through littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. And listen to earbuds and earworms. I'm not sure what it is this week. Oh, stress songs. Uh, Songs about stress. So I looked through all my music and couldn't come up with anything. But I'm sure no one, I don't think, suggested uh, Under Pressure. But... I didn't want to be the one that did the two on the nose suggestion. (laughs) I had the same thought. It seems a little too obvious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do we get involved, Bobby? You can get involved at littleredbandwagon.com or throwyourphone.com. Find us on Facebook at little red bandwagon. The show Twitter is LRB podcast. You can email us at little red bandwagon at gmail.com and leave us voicemails and texts at 802-432-8285. That's 802-432-TBTL. And with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it.
And in Lincoln Park, Michigan, in the to-be-named studios, it's Meredith the MVH Mayhan. <laughs> Van Harn. Damn it. <laughs> it's a lot of muscle memory. Lightly edited my ass.